Um, and talking about uh, the Pastor Jerry or Pastor JB's church and Jerry Savelle tonight. If anybody is wanting to carpool or anything, just see one of the ELT and they can help arrange that. That starts tonight at seven, right? Um, I would leave town between 4:30 and five at the absolute latest because there is not reserved seating. And although it's a big church, it's it's Jerry Savelle. And he is an anointed man of God. Um, and he is there for Pastor JB's 34th ministry anniversary. So, and a lot of y'all remember Pastor JB from last week at our ordination service. Um, and that's, that's something to honor. That's something to esteem. Because I can tell you, what years? Brian and I have been in ministry at, what, seven years? <laughs> my numbers are running together. Um, my what? My, I'm a second, yeah, we're a second grader. Um, Brian and I have been in ministry for seven, well, we've been in ministry for 15 years. We've been pastors for seven years. 34 years is something to honor, something to esteem, because this is not always an easy job. Um, well worth it, well worth it. But there is plenty of persecution, and so when you find a ministry that has been operating and changing lives for 34 years, that is something we want to honor and we want to praise God for. So, you know, Pastor JB is our spiritual father, and Brian wanted to honor him. So Brian is there this morning honoring our dad, and I am here ministering to y'all. So before I start, um, let's just pray for him. Let's pray for Pastor JB. Let's pray for that service, and let's pray for blessings on another 34 years of ministry. So, Father, we thank you today. We thank you for Agape Faith Church. We thank you for Pastor JB and Susan Whitfield, and we thank you for their love for you. We thank you that they have tirelessly and endlessly served you for years and years. We thank you for the ministry that you have birthed in them, and we thank you that you have used them to expand your kingdom and to bless your name. And so, Father, we just, we call them blessed and highly favored. We praise you for them. We praise you for their service and for their love for you and your people. And, Father, we thank you for the many more years of service that Agape Faith Church has, the many more years of ministry that Pastor J.B. and Susan has, and we thank you for all of the lives touched through them that you were doing, and we praise you for that, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. And I'm just going to tell y'all, y'all need to be getting your expectors on. This is a, this is a different service. Um, you know, I was back there during worship, and normally I'm up here at my seat, but I just had to be in the back because I told Barrett, I forget what day it was, I texted Wednesday or Thursday, and I'm like, I'm just about to come out of my skin on this message. The Holy Spirit is moving so strong on it that right now I don't know whether to fall to my knees and bawl or jump up and praise. There is power in this message. And I'm telling you now, whatever is going on in your head, put it aside because it does not shed a light to this message. And it's not because it's my message. It's because it's the Word of God and He is trying to get something to you. He showed me something a few weeks ago. And I didn't know I was going to be preaching this service. And Brian said, I really feel like I need to go to Pastor JB's. And I said, you know what, I think I have the message for that. And so as I was um, 
Vox and the ELT and telling them all about what the service was going to be on, Deb says, well, isn't that just God? Because she is teaching the kids this morning on the Holy Spirit. And this is talking about how you know, the world will persecute the Holy Spirit, and I didn't know it. And this morning, Chris teaches on persecution. It is lining up together just perfectly. And it is a beautiful thing, and it is a powerful thing. And I'm going to tell you now, at the end, there will be ministry. And you will receive something if you choose to receive something. So purpose yourself now. I will get something out of this message today. God has something for me. He is moving, and I choose to receive it. I will not walk out of here the same today that I walked in. Father, we thank you for this service. We thank you that you are moving through this. We thank you, Father, that you prepare our hearts to receive from you. And, Lord, we will not sit here and think on anything but you. We will heed this word that you are pouring out. We will receive every ounce of truth, every ounce of love that you have for us this morning. And we praise you for it, Lord. We thank you that you love us so much. God, we thank you for your Holy Spirit. We thank you for all that he is to us. And we thank you that from this day forward, we will know him like never before. In Jesus' name, amen. So we do the Connection radio show, and we were here a couple of weeks ago, and we were recording the ones for March, I think it was. Um, and we read John sixteen seven. And it hit me like a ton of bricks. I about couldn't do the rest of the radio show because God was just moving in me. And John 16, 7 says, But I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. But if I do, for if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And you know, this is one of those verses where you can read it a hundred times and that hundred and first time, it just says something different to you. And that's what it was. And so we were sitting here and we were doing the radio show and it hit me and I'm like, my God, Jesus just said it's better that I go away. We have God in the flesh sitting here with us and he wants to tell us it's better that I go away and I sat there and I'm like, God, how can it be better that Jesus leaves? What kind of power must be coming if Jesus Christ, your son, God in the flesh, tells us it is better for you that I go away. And we know, as Stephen said, that God is love. So we know that everything God does is because he loves us. So we know that this statement is out of his love for us. And he's telling us, it's better that I leave you. And I sat there and we were doing the radio show and I tried to stay focused on it. But my mind was just reeling at this revelation that something could be better than Christ being here in the flesh with us. And then my heart broke. God esteemed the Holy Spirit so much that he would pull his son out so that the Holy Spirit could come. 
And how little do we underestimate him? How much do we underestimate him? This is why it's fought against. Because Jesus said, it is better for the Holy Spirit to come to you than for me to stay. Wrap your mind around that. Wrap your mind around the power that we've been given. The power that he left with us. You think about opponents, and what's in my mind now is Conor McGregor and Nate Diaz, because they just fought last night at UFC. And sure did. Conor McGregor lost. Sorry if anybody didn't know. Um, So, (laughs) you know, so I'm sitting here and I'm thinking, okay, you've got an opponent. And Conor McGregor was supposed to, and some of y'all don't care about UFC, but just humor me. Conor McGregor was supposed to fight someone else. They got hurt. They had to bow out. And they asked somebody else, hey, do you want to fight McGregor? Now, for y'all that don't know, McGregor's like some Irish, Irish, British, I see something, he's Irish, I think. Or, yeah, there you go. He talks funny. That's what me and Abigail know. He's an Irish dude. His head probably does not fit in a hat because it is so big. But here's the thing. He's talented. He's got the skill that backs up the ego. So they asked somebody else, will you come fight McGregor? His opponent backed out and... Yeah, the guy they asked is like, <laughs> I don't have time to prepare for this fight. I'm not ready. Well, you know, Nate Diaz is like the bad boy of UFC, and he's like, bring it on. I'm ready. Let's go. But why did he want to fight McGregor? No, he didn't know he'd win. McGregor is a beast. You've got to beat the best if you want to be the best. He knew McGregor's got a big head. He's egotistical. He's a loud mouth, son of a gun, and I'm going to take him out. I don't care about these piddly little fighters that are just coming up through the ranks. I can squash them. I want to beat the best. And he was. He had the belt and everything. This is what Satan fights. He fights the best. You think about what does Satan fight the hardest? He fights marriage. He does not want you unified. He does not want you showing the picture of Christ in the church. And he fights the Holy Spirit with all of his might. You go in churches today, and I guarantee you 90% of them will not preach the fullness of the baptism of the Holy Spirit because they are scared of it, because they don't understand it, and because they are deceived, because the enemy fights it with all he has, because Jesus Christ said, it is better for you that I leave you so that he can come. This is what your enemy fights. And if your enemy fights it, you should run after it and reach for it and not let anything stop you until you get it. This is what we've been missing. This is why I sat at this table during connection and my heart broke. Because how many of us have missed this? I've got the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I understand it, and yet still I've limited him. If I am not doing everything Christ did and more, I have limited the Holy Spirit. He is a weapon. 
He is a blessing. He is here to support, to advocate, to comfort, to counsel, to love, to God. He is here to be your all in all, everything you need. We complain and whine, why didn't God give us an easy button? He did. He said, my son's coming home so that I can give you this easy button. And Acts 10.38, it says, You know of Jesus of Nazareth, how God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power. God anointed God in the flesh with the Holy Spirit and with power. And what did he use it for? He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed, not some. He healed all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. You see right there, Jesus, he's the word. He goes out. He's the light. He goes out. But these light bulbs won't shine if they don't have power. God used the Holy Spirit to anoint his son with power so that he could light up this world so that he could make a difference in this world. And you have the very same power right now. The Holy Spirit is God with him. The Holy Spirit is God with you. You know, so many people, I was listening to a Miles Monroe teaching on the way back from Tennessee, and he said this, and I was like, oh, this is so true. But he said, so many people get caught up in the behavior of Christianity, going through the motions, putting on their Sunday best. And that's a thing of the past, but used to, we put on our Sunday best. But they go through the motions of, how you doing? Oh, bless, bless. Have a good day. God bless you. And we go through the motions of Christianity that we forget to realize the reality of the power of God within us. You know, we push our little buggies through Walmart, and the Walmart can shake, the, shake God right out of you. But we forget to push that buggy with the power of God. We see people in the aisle, and we're like, mm, I don't have time, and we go this way. Instead of going, Lord, what you want me to do? Holy Spirit, guide me. That woman talks incessantly. I really don't want to go talk to her but you. We have the power of God residing in us, even in Walmart, even at work, even with the kids. And that's a big one some days. But if we allow him, he can consume us. And it's a beautiful thing. You know, in the Greek, Baptismo, because we're talking about the baptism of the Holy Fire. Baptismo means to submerge. What a powerful word when you think about the Holy Spirit. To be submerged in him. And Dr. Miles Monroe went on and he was given this example of this. And it was probably, I, oh, I got on the phone and Vox Brian driving through the mountains. And I'm like, you've got to hear this. This was one of the best examples or illustrations of being saved 
versus being filled with the Holy Spirit. He says, and I meant to grab me, here you go. I've got a bottle of water right here. If I drink this water, what happens? It goes in me. I'm carrying this water around in me as I walk. It's now part of me. But if I jump in the pool, what happens? That water carries me. So you can get saved, you can get baptized, and he's in you. He is a part of you. He goes everywhere you go. But when you have the baptism of the Holy Spirit, when you are submerged, you are like a man in the pool being carried by the waves, being carried by the water. That's the Holy Spirit. Do you want to just carry God around or do you want to let him carry you? How much more powerful would your life be? How much easier would your life be if you weren't feeling like you had to carry him everywhere? but you let him carry you. What about all those places that we're not supposed to go to? Well, I've got God with me. I'm going. But what about when the Holy Spirit carries you and he says, you know what? We have authority over that area, but I don't want you to go there. I've got somewhere better. Let me carry you over here. You see... We receive the Holy Spirit when we get saved. But when we surrender to him, when we are baptized with him, we jump in. We surrender all, like that song said. And we stop carrying him around and telling him what he's going to do, where he's going to go. And we start letting him operate in our lives. We start letting him operate in power. We start letting him give us that peace that passes understanding. We start letting him fill us day after day. And we start letting him produce the fruit of God that changes the lives of people around us. The fruit of God that has your enemies come to you and say, I don't know what is going on with you. I don't really like you, but there is something about you and I need to know what it is. The fruit of God that had Brian praying for a a blind man this weekend and his eyes were opened. This is the power of the Holy Spirit. You can walk around today and go up to someone who's 70 years old, been blind for most of his adult life, and you can pray for him without ceasing and watch his eyes open. This is the power of the Holy Spirit within you right now. But you know what? I mean, we're not supposed to just seek the gifts of the Holy Spirit so that we can store them in our arsenal. You know, my daddy builds guns and makes guns and sells guns. He's got his, what is it, FFL license. But what good are all those weapons if they're just stored in his safes? He's got them in a safe. and I mean, this sucker is huge. And it's heavy and it's locked and it's like Fort Knox. But what good are those weapons in that safe if they never see the light of day, if they never get put in the hands of someone that knows how to use them? This is what you have within you. You see every tool that has power going to it. I mean, you think about just sitting here, we've got a projector has power going to it, a light has power going to it. 
The computer has power going to it. This video camera has power going to it. The coffee, praise God, has power going to it. Every one of those that have power going to it are what? It's a tool to benefit you, to help you, to aid you in some way or another. You have that power within you because you were here as a solution. Because you are a tool of God to be a blessing to others. You have the Holy Spirit power within you to bless you. To guide you. To comfort you. So that you can go out and bless others and comfort them and give them peace and give them hope and give them love. So why in the world is our, is our world suffering why is it so dark and so bleak why are there so many people taking their own lives why are there so many babies being killed and murdered daily why are there numbskulls in office making laws that bond that bind you when you've been set free you know why it's because we have our weapons locked safe in a safe Lock tight. And they're sitting there and rusting because we choose to keep that safe locked instead of open it up and pull it out and do whatever it is meant to do. This is why our world is going to hell in a handbasket because we're sitting here going, oh, good message, Pastor Nicole. That's so good. Right on. I'm going to tweet that. But when we walk out of here, what do we do with it? What do we do with the revelation of the Holy Spirit power that is so good that Jesus had to leave earth so that we could have it? What are we doing to change the world? We get on our knees here and say, oh God, help. Oh God, Let the person in office be who you want it to be. Oh, God, don't let these babies get killed. Oh, God, help me. And the whole time he's going, I've given you what you need. I brought my son home so that you could have the power that you need to make the right decisions. You've got the power inside you to guide your life daily. All you have to do is let him. You know, these things have just as much power without a light bulb in it, but what use is it? We have to plug in. We have to put him to work. We are the ones to make the difference in this world. But it's God through us. See, we can go out there and we can vote and check our ballot and vote for whoever lines our pockets or whoever's the color we want or the race we want or the sex we want or you know, comes from the south or comes from the north. But how many of us stop and ask God, Holy Spirit, guide me? You know, we go out in the streets of Albemarle or wherever you are. God, this place is such a mess. Can't believe God stuck me here in Stanley County. And the whole time God is going, I put you there for a purpose. I put you there to be the spark that catches fire, that changes this place and lights it up for me. 
So instead of just driving around and snarling our nose and judging everybody, we forget we're supposed to plug in and let the Holy Spirit go to work within us so we can change somebody. This is who you are today. We're not waiting on it to happen. God's waiting on you to plug in. He says in 1 Thessalonians 5.19, do not quench the spirit. How much plainer does that get? Even I, a slow country girl, can understand, don't quench the spirit. That means don't put it out. Don't stop it. Then he tells us again and again, and I'm just going to read these to you. I didn't have them put up there. Just listen. The Bible says, if we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. That's Galatians 5.25. It says, be filled with the spirit. Ephesians 5.18. Romans 8.14 tells us to be led by the spirit of God. You see, when Jesus ascended to heaven, he asked the father to send the Holy Spirit to indwell in his people. To empower us for our work in Christ. It's the Holy Spirit who lives the life of Christ through us and who achieves the work of Christ through us. We're not just sitting here, knots on a log, waiting for God to make it heaven on earth. He says, you pray. You bring heaven on earth. He's been given to empower us in our walk. Empower us to make a difference. And we need to protect that anointing within ourselves as much as we do in the anointed men of God that are preaching on a Sunday, evangelizing throughout the week, missionaries everywhere. Their anointing needs protected, but so does yours. You need to protect that anointing. That means you protect what goes in. What contaminates that spirit within you. If it's not glorifying the word of God, if it's not lifting up that Holy Spirit within you, it probably doesn't need to go in and you need to pour the Holy Spirit out in that situation. You don't just refuse to let it in. You be the change. That's how you protect the anointing. Dr. Oswald Sanders was writing about guarding against anything that hinders the work of the Holy Spirit. He says, Reduced to its simplest terms, to be filled with the Spirit means that through voluntary surrender and in response to appropriating faith, the human personality is filled, mastered, and controlled by the Holy Spirit. That means the light shines brightly when the power is turned on, when we voluntarily surrender when we voluntarily plug into the light. But it's up to us. We have to ask God daily to fill us with himself through his spirit so that we can have mastery over our reactions and our actions so that he can control and empower us in our life of service. So what's that mean? That means when something doesn't go our way, we don't freak out and blow up. We say, all right, Lord. Chris taught us this morning persecutions are going to come. They persecuted Christ. You know they're going to persecute us because we stand for him. 
And he pointed out beautifully, we can either respond in the world's response, which is retaliation, or we can respond in love and open a door to God in that situation. But you're going to have to have the Holy Spirit, God, to show you the right way to react. Because I can tell you before the Holy Spirit, Nicole was a redneck. Nicole would flip out. Stuff would happen, and I'd be like, oh, no, she didn't. Let me tell you who I am. Let me tell you how it's going to be. I'd get ticked off. I'd be shaking mad if stuff didn't go my way. And I'd look pretty stupid doing it. But praise God, he loved me enough to go, oh, child, let me give you something you need. And now stuff happens, and I don't, I don't do it perfect. I'm still growing. I'm still learning. But stuff happens, and I'm like, not my problem. God will show me how to get through this. I'm his, and he's mine. He's filled me with his Holy Spirit, which means I have wisdom. I have power to overcome whatever is in my face, whatever surrounds me. Mr. Sanders said, all real service, real service, is but the effluence of the Holy Spirit through yielded and filled lives. So basically what he's telling you here is unless you have yielded your life and been filled with the Holy Spirit, your service is not real service because it is not in the fullness of God. It may be a good effort, and it may have some fruit, But until you are filled with the Holy Spirit and operating with his leading, it is not going to be in the fullness of God. And the great thing with that is, okay, we've been doing a good job to hear. We got saved. We got baptized. We love God. We read our Bible. We listen to preaching on TV. Most Sundays and Wednesdays we show up to church so we get to hear messages. We're doing good. So what does that mean for us? That means right here it tells us we can do better. That means with the filling of the Holy Spirit, we can take more ground for God on a daily basis. That's real service. It's saying, not my will, but yours be done. It's saying, I don't want to just carry you. I want you to carry me. I want your results, not mine. Because Nicole didn't get a whole lot of results when Nicole was operating in Nicole. But the moment I surrendered to God, a ministry was birthed. A love for people was birthed. And suddenly there was fruit there. And the funny thing about it was I couldn't even see what I was doing. I'm like, I'm just living. I'm just going through life. I'm just doing whatever I need to do. And yet fruit was popping up here and there and there. Because as I was just going through life, surrendered to God, he was able to produce more. Because he was taking me through my day-to-day life the way I needed to. John 16, verses 5 through 14, and it's a, it's a little bit of reading, but it's, you need to hear it says, but now I'm going away to the one who sent me. 
and not one of you is asking where I'm going. All of this is red letter. Instead, you grieve because of what I've told you. But in fact, it is best for you that I go away because if I don't, the advocate, and that's the comforter, the counselor, won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world of its sins and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. The world's sin is that it refuses to believe in me. Righteousness is available because I go to the Father and you will see me no more. Judgment will come because the ruler of this world has already been judged. There is so much more I want to tell you, but you can't bear it now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. He will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. You see, the Holy Spirit convicts the world of sin and of God's righteousness so that we're free just to love them. People run from Christianity and from Christians today because they think that we're going to walk around with our nose stuck up in the air telling them all the things you've done wrong and all the ways you need to make it right. And what we're really saying is you need to look more like me when what we really need to do is look more like Jesus. We need to let the Holy Spirit fill us. He will do the work. He will convict them of their sin. He will convict them of God's righteousness. He will guide your words and your actions so that you are just free to love on them. I mean, you look at every person out there that's messing up. What do they need? Every one of them. You get rid of the muck and the grime and you get to the root of it and they need love. They need hope. And why aren't they seeing that? There are so many Christians out there. But how many of them are godly? There are so many people out there that are meant to be vessels of his Holy Spirit loving on this world. You don't need to tell them what they're doing wrong. They know it. I knew when I was being an idiot. I still know when I'm being an idiot. I don't need somebody to tell me, Nicole, shut up. You shouldn't have said that. I've got God guiding me. Even when I was running from him, he was with me. Even when I didn't want to hear him, he loved me enough to tell me. What I needed was someone to love me, to show me his love, to care enough about God that they cared about his people. This is what the Holy Spirit does. He leads us in all things. Let me tell you just a few areas. Marriage. Brian told me when we started dating, he says, I will not tell you I love you till I mean it. And as much as I love you, I will not propose to you until God tells me to. So I knew, now, I was not saved when we got married. I was like, kind of crackerjack is he? But then I got saved. Praise God. <laughs> Apparently God had a call. Um, and I got it. I didn't fully get it, but I got it. You know, I was like, well, I'm glad when he tells me, I'll know it's for real. 
It's not just going through the motions. Oh, she's my girlfriend. We've been together for two months and three days. It's time. It wasn't. We started dating in April, and it was December before that boy told me he loved me. But I believed him. I had no doubt. And when he proposed to me a couple of years later, I had no doubt that that marriage was going to be ordained by God. When we go through rough times, I have no doubt that God is with us because I knew that as a man of God who was filled with the Holy Spirit and heard from him, I knew if he heard from God that we were to be married, then come hell or high water, that marriage would overcome. That God was in it and a part of it and of it, that it was ordained by him. This is the power of hearing from the Holy Spirit. And he told me, I don't care how much I love you. If he says you are not to be my wife, we won't be married. How many people do that today? How many marriages do you hear? I love you enough to let you go. Because God says you're not to be my wife. That means as much as I love you, as much as I would do anything for you, God has something better for you. And I love you enough to let you go. Or I love you enough to fight for you, not with you. Infirmity. We had Abigail, most perfect baby in the whole world. She was our first most beautiful baby. I know y'all think y'all's baby is pretty, but mine was the perfect baby. And we were doing pretty good for being first-time parents except for the fact that she looked like an Ethiopian starving baby and we couldn't figure out why. Because let me tell you, the girl was nursing all the time. But we went to the doctor and the doctor said, you know what, I think I might hear a murmur. I'm not really sure. But just go ahead and go. It's normal for, for infants. And we checked. Do we go? Do we not go? Because medical truth is great, but God's facts supersede. So we checked with the Holy Spirit, do we go? And he said, go. And we walked in on Friday, and we didn't walk out for almost two weeks later after she had major heart surgery. And during our stay there, she flatlined because a nurse overdosed her. And let me tell you, there is no feeling in the world like the waiting room phone ringing. And the guy that answers the phone had done gotten to know us because we'd been there long enough. And his face turned as white as Stephen's shirt. And he looked up at us, and we knew right then it was time to go to praying. We didn't need to know the details of the problem because we knew the solution. And we started praying in the Holy Spirit because we didn't know words to pray. We didn't know what we were battling, but we knew God did. And we started praying in the Holy Spirit, and they ushered us upstairs. And there were guards on either side of that door preparing for us to flip out. And we smiled at him, and we greeted him, and we walked in, and we continued praying in the Holy Spirit. And the doctor came in, and he started with his little, you know, spiel and godless, faithless crap. And we told him, you know what, thank you very much for what you're doing, but we've got this. And we continued praying in the Holy Spirit and pressing through, and we did not let our eyes or our ears guide us. And we pressed in, and the doctor came out and said, well, he lied to us is what he did. He told us she had an allergic reaction, and that's not true. Um, we found out later. 
But here's what did happen. He said, I don't understand it. The doctor that saved your daughter is never here. In the history of his career, this time of day is when he makes rounds, and he's a stickler for his schedule. But Abigail's little bed in ICU was here, and there was another little baby right here. Abigail flatlined. He turned around, and he brought her back. This is the power of the Holy Spirit. What would have happened if we'd have seen that the greeting room guy's face turn white? And we'd have stepped into fear. Oh, my God, it's my baby. There's something wrong. What would have happened when we walked upstairs and we saw the guards? And you know when you see guards in a hospital, they're prepared to take you out. And we just decided to go ahead. Well, they're here. Let them carry us out because we're going to flip out. What would have happened when the guy walked in and started filling us with doubt? If we'd have just started praying, Lord, please, if it's your will, that's junk. Let me tell you right now, it is God's will for you to walk in life and life in abundance. And if it's anything less, it is not his will. But we didn't let the world tell us how to pray, how to act. We let the Holy Spirit speak through us. And I guarantee you, it is because the Holy Spirit prayed her through that she is here today. This is the power of the Holy Spirit. When God tells us to sell our business, when we don't have a job, makes no sense. God looks like he is slap crazy. And as a result, we look like we are slap crazy. But we sell our business. There is a family who is now thriving off of that business, and we are now thriving off of his leading. I have a job which affords Brian the opportunity to be in full-time ministry so that no matter what time of day when you call him needing guidance and you call him needing counsel, he is able to minister to you as a shepherd should. But what would have happened if we'd have let the world tell us, you can't sell your business. You both work for yourselves. You won't have any income. You've got two babies. You've got a new home. You've got a new car. You've got bills to pay. You can't do that. But the Holy Spirit says, I have more for you. I mean, there's example after example that I can give of the Holy Spirit guiding you. And here's the thing, in each and every one of those examples that I've given and others that I have listed, it wasn't just for my benefit. It wasn't just for Brian's benefit that we were led by the Holy Spirit. There's a life that is saved because of choosing to pray in the Holy Spirit instead of walk in fear. There's families that are thriving because we walked in obedience to the Holy Spirit. And don't mind me, it is not us that saved Abigail. It is not us that gave that family a business. It was obedience to the Holy Spirit that changed our lives and others. Here's one more for you. So last week we had attack coming against us and people coming against us. And Redneck Nicole occasionally peeks out when you mess with my man or you mess with my kids. And I was like, Oh, uh uh-uh. This ain't how it's going down. I'm going to tell you how it's going down. But everybody was asleep, and God said, Nicole, listen. Just listen for one minute. And so I woke up early, and I listened to his guide and his leading, 
And I listened to what he told me to do, and he had me write this person a letter. And I wrote this person a letter at the leading of the Holy Spirit. I guarantee you, because those words were not what I was wanting to say. I was wanting to rip them a new one and tell them exactly who they were, exactly what they were doing, and exactly how it was going to be. And none of that was said. And because Holy Spirit guided my words and sent his love through that message, God was able to be our defender. Because not only did that person change, but then God also put a second person in the situation to be our defense. I never had to say a word. I never once had to tell this man, you were wrong. God sent a second person to come in here and say, you're not treating them right. You need to change that. And even they did it in the love of God and in a way that ministered to them. God is your defense. And when you let the Holy Spirit guide you, you can either put up the boxing gloves and go at it, or you can sit down and shut up and let God fight for you. And I guarantee you when the Holy Spirit fights for you, Oh, it's a whole lot more than a shiny belt that you get. This is the power of the Holy Spirit. Romans 8, 26 and 27 says, And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, when we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying, for the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's will. And then Luke 4.18 says, The Spirit of the Lord has appointed me, for he is an, or is upon me, for he has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim captives will be released. The blind will see. The oppressed will be set free. Through you submitting to the Holy Spirit, this is how the world changes. You stop praying and your own mind boxed in worldly prayers you pray through the holy spirit you can proclaim the captives be released you can proclaim that the blind will see that the oppressed be set free this is what you are supposed to be doing daily you know not walking in the holy spirit the power of the holy spirit god showed me this it's like a military force taking all of its tanks and all of its weaponry to the enemy line and stopping there to celebrate with a nice cold root beer. Woohoo! We got all this power. Guns in the air. We're not going to blast them. We're not going to pull the trigger. We're not going to do anything. But we've got all this power in our hands. This is who we are, and it sounds stupid. And yet this is how we're walking daily. We get right there to enemy lines but we are not going to use the power and the weapons that God has given us. And keep in mind by that, I do not mean that people are your enemies. We can get to the enemy lines. We can go right there to you know, the people pulling in sex slaves. We can go right there to the abortion. Brian, when Brian and I went to Biltmore the other week, we drove past Planned Parenthood in Asheville, and there were people out there you know, with their little signs. How many of them were standing at the door offering those workers a cup of hot coffee because it was cold as all get out? How much more effective 
would that have been than their stupid little sign on a post that they made with their little Crayola markers? What did that do? They don't care what you have to say. Can you back it up with the love of God? Can you back it up with anything that makes any difference? Your weapons are not your words. Your enemies are not people. Your weapon is the love of God. Your weapon is the filling of the Holy Spirit. And your enemy is the is Satan who is trying to tell you, you don't need that. That's for the people in the Bible. That's for years gone by. You don't need that mess, that speaking in tongue, that godless stuff. Well, it's in Acts. It's all through the word of God. He told you it was important enough that he take his son home. That's who your enemy is. This is why we get to enemy lines and we don't just stop and celebrate, show our power. We, let me tell you all the power I got. And not press in and press forth and use that weapon to make a difference. We are at war and none of us are innocent if we sit by polishing our brass but never once firing on the enemy. None of us are innocent if that is the life we choose to live. It's up to us to put the spirit, of work, spirit to work in our lives. God's a gentleman. He's not going to force us to be led by him. He's not going to force us to walk with him. Now, he will never leave us and never forsake us, but he won't guide us unless we ask him to. He won't work in us and through us unless we ask him to because he's a gentleman and he loves you. He loves you enough to give you free will. But listen to the power in this. Romans 8, verse 13. It says, For if you are living according to the flesh, you must die. But if you are living by the Spirit, you are putting to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Then in... Mm, I don't need Romans yet. You have Joel 2, 28 and 29. There we go. Here he says, it will come after this day that I will pour out my spirit on all mankind. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. And 29, he says, even on the male and female servants, I will pour out my spirit in these days. You got kids? Oh, I love them enough. I'll do anything for them except be filled with the Holy Spirit because I don't understand it. How about you love them enough that you submit yourself to God and you submit your life to God so that he can set up a future for your children? It says your, your kids will prophesy. They will be used by God to make a difference. How important is the Holy Spirit when you can set your child up with a promising future? He talks in Acts 4 and in Acts 6 all about boldness. Then he talks in Acts 9. And 11, about being world-changing. Acts 9, verses 17 through 22 tells us, So Ananias departed and, in, and entered the house, and after laying his hands on him, said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road by which you were coming has sent me, so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately there fell from his eyes something like scales, and he regained his sight, and he got up and was baptized. Y'all know who Saul was? For anybody that don't, Saul was the one killing lots and lots of Christians. 
And he took food and was strengthened. Now for several days he was with the disciples who were at Damascus. And immediately he began to proclaim Jesus in the synagogue, saying, He is the Son of God. All those hearing him continued to be amazed and were saying, It is not he who in Jeru- is this not he who in Jerusalem destroyed those who called on this name and who had come here for the purpose of bringing them bound before the chief priest? But Saul kept increasing in strength and confounding the Jews who lived at Damascus by proving this Jesus is the Christ. You see, the Holy Spirit, he's able to take a mass murderer and turn him into a worldwide, limitless evangelist preaching the love of God, preaching the power of God that you and I are learning from today, that you and I are able to operate in the power of God because the Holy Spirit didn't give up on this man that was killing hundreds of Christians because they stood for the name of Christ. Instead, the Holy Spirit didn't retaliate when he was being persecuted. He shined love on him. He said, you're not too far gone. I don't care what you did to my people. Five minutes minutes ago was five minutes ago right this minute you were mine this is the power of the holy spirit so don't you look at someone and say they're too far gone don't you look at someone and say you don't know what they've done don't you look at someone and judge them by their actions you pick up the word of god and you judge them by the blood this is what the holy spirit does where would we be if it were not for paul God doesn't give up on them. He sends the Holy Spirit to speak to someone, to speak to you, and say, go, talk to this person, tell him what I've said. This is the power that you and I have when the Holy Spirit says, go down that grocery store aisle, go go over here and do this and say this. Don't ask him, but Lord, do you know who he is? Because he's going to say, yes, I know exactly who he is. And I know the power that is within him because I put it there. And my son died for him. And I will not give up on him. This is the power of the Holy Spirit. This is who you are today. The power of God residing in you, sitting there waiting to be used to change the Saul's into Paul's. But we never would have seen Paul had that man not walked in obedience to the leading of the Holy Spirit. God told me this, and it about, it about knocked me to my knees. You see, we read the Bible and we read Adam and Eve and we're like, what idiots? God gave them one directive. Just don't eat that stupid apple. Then we read the people who crucified Jesus and I'm like, God, you're so dumb. You've got God in the flesh with you and you're nailing him to the cross. What numbskulls. And yet God told me, Are we as blind to the Holy Spirit today as the people were with Jesus? 
We can sit here all day and verbally crucify Pilate and all the crowds of people that crucified our Savior. But what are we doing to the Holy Spirit? If we aren't glorifying him and operating in fullness with him, we are crucifying him just as much as they were that nailed Jesus to that cross. Our story just isn't written in a book yet. You see, we have the completed trinity at our right hands, and yet we operate our lives like we're defenseless orphans. We walk around bashing the move of God because we just don't understand it. They're no different in the Bible. Adam and Eve just didn't understand. Those people knowing Christ to the cross didn't understand. But the great thing is, is Christ got off that cross. And he came back. And he loved us so much, I'm sure he probably wanted to stay. I mean, he loved us enough to die for us. Would he not want to be here to help us? But yet he loved us so much, he says, I've got to go. Because I have something so much more for you. You won't walk out of here today without power unless you choose to leave it lying. It's time to pick up the power that we've been given and walk in it. Don't just pick it up and hold on to it. It's time to make a choice, and we can either stay where we are or we can choose to live each day walking in power. J.D., if you'll put on that last song. It's time to put that action to choice. And I want you to come up here. And I don't care if you've been filled with the Holy Spirit. I don't care if you've been saved or not saved. I don't care what experience you have. If you decide today, there is power for me. And I want it. I want you to get up here. Because God told me that we are to pray for people. There is power within you now waiting to be released but it's up to you to release it. So if you want it, stand up and get it. Don't you let any excuse, I don't care if you're tired, I don't care if your leg hurts, your butt hurts, your back hurts, whatever. Get up and put, put action to your faith and choose to receive the power of the Holy Spirit. And if you received it yesterday, receive it again. Ephesians 5.18 says, Be filled with the Spirit. But in the Greek, it tells us, be being filled. This means it is a daily action that we are to be being filled. That means it's a daily surrender to God. Lord, I am yours. I drink the water. I'm carrying you where I go. But Lord, I'm going to jump in. I'm going to surrender all. And I want you to carry me wherever you want me to go doing whatever you need me to because if it's not all of you it's not enough y'all just help me make sure we get everybody
And I thank you that as I do, your fruit comes forth. Your fruit, your love, your life will emerge from us and through us. And we praise you for it, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you have questions on the Holy Spirit or any part of that message, come see me or a member of the ELT. But choose to walk out from this moment forward in power because it's who you are. Have a great week.